So hello we'll everybody, Truby Jugend Radio is on the air. It's episode number 80. And for number 80, I have something very special for you. Especially for you young guys out there in Truby Jugend who have not done uh, uh, your homework. I have a band with me at this time from Oslo, Norway. They go by the name of the Anal Babes. And usually when you type in Anal Babes on the Google, you find something else, something else nice. But in this case, you have to add band. And eventually, Turt, who's on the on the mic with me, and the Bill of the Thief will turn up. And uh, there's a huge, on one uh, website, a huge history of the band. And uh, as you dig into the whole thing, you'll find out that you the, you guys, the anal babes, have uh, lots of connections with the Turbo Negro band, which we all love and adore. So first of all, hi. Hi to you guys. Hello. Hello. And thank you for joining the podcast. Um, especially since I'm always trying to educate people with um, young people in life and also on the podcast. Why don't you just introduce yourself and, and, and start talking about the Anal Babes, uh, which are quite, uh, well, yeah, famous band also in the Trubin Negro world. Infamous. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, I'm Abdullah the Thief. That's my nom de guerre in Anal Babes. Uh, but I played in Turbo Negro early. I'm on the Turboloid trade bench. I play drums mm -hmm. uh, until they kick me out. And nowadays I play in the like the retirement home uh, <laughs> version of Turbo Negro, which is Turbo Negro. And we do, we do 50% covers of early Turbo Negro, like uh -huh. the really punk stuff and 50% what we want like brain bombs and leather and whatever when 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 were you in the band uh, when, um what year was that uh, uh, 1991 uh, i'm guessing mm -hmm. so before at right in this death death punk era era basically when they played the music what was uh, once called the death punk right Yeah, well, maybe before that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So what's up with you, Turd? Yeah, so, yeah, I'm played in Turbo Negro, but uh, uh, so Turbe, I, uh, I'm the lead singer or the vocalist in, in Daniel Babes. I've been in that band for, from the start to we finally uh, broke up, uh, kind of. Uh, and yeah, <laughs> so... Uh, it's a, it's a, it, it, I think we, we played together for, was it 10 years? Stuff like that? Yeah, we, 10 years. From, yeah. from 88 to yeah. 98, right? Yeah, something like that. that yeah. Sounds right. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and then we played a couple of gigs later, but we, we, we stopped recording and, and doing like regular rehearsals. Okay. So take me back into, into history of the, of the anal babes. How does this, how did this band form? And and maybe later on, what's the connection to Trubo Negro? Um, I mean, anal babes. You have to be. You have to be. You know, I don't know what what happened to bands in Norway back in the late '80s or early '90s. But uh, here comes a band band who thought about calling call, calling itself Nazi penis, and then here comes the anal babes. <laughs> Why is that? Yeah, uh, there was nothing going on at the, that time. This was like. REM and Dream Syndicate. There was 
And you had a hardcore punk. That was uh, cool. But they were we like 70s punk and we were all like outcasts, uh, misfits from uh, around Oslo, like mm-hmm. Sittos. And we met at this uh, school called Forsheskim. Uh, and uh, yeah. I don't know. Just... I, I think that's that's, uh, that's a very key part of the story about both both Turbo Negro and and uh, and the introduction of both bands. Uh, that's kind that like that that summer when we all were like uh, 15, uh, 16 and started uh, going to, to high school, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of people uh, moved to Oslo or started to go to to high school in Oslo, and and a lot of us went to uh, a very special school, a very radical kind of. Um, a school that were experimenting with with uh, with uh, student democracy. So uh, we were not getting any grades from the teachers. We have to take all the exams by ourselves, and it was a very progressive school. And they had a, a music uh, <laughs> teaching uh, kind of uh, classroom uh, where mm-hmm. they had uh, drum sets and everything as the and amplifiers and stuff. And we could think, rehearse. Yeah, we could rehearse there. So, so um, and the teacher he just basically gave us the keys. So you can go, come and go uh, at this school as you want. And um, we we managed, to, or very, very, very soon, we kind of a lot of us just just uh, we 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 found each other uh, because we were we were outlaws and we were not interested in necessarily the the. The, the more traditional kind of uh, hardcore punk rock political stuff. Uh, I, I was that, uh, but but the main thing was that we were looking at uh, other kind of music. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and uh, uh, I think a key player is uh, a guy called Vega, who's uh, started up a band called the Deepa. Uh, he started fucking Turbo Yeah, he started fucking Turbo <laughs> he, he was uh, importing uh, like male or uh, music from the states uh, a lot of really really cool obscure great music that nobody listened to and uh, we just loved it and and uh, it was kind of like a vacuum because everyone was doing like it. big black metal surfers to sigalore stuff like that yeah uh-huh. yeah so, so all, all the, the like bad from 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 record labels like uh, like touch and go or or uh, yeah, uh, and and we kind of thought that this was the thing. This was the, the real cool thing, uh, and and so a, a lot of bands started up. We of course we didn't start up playing the stuff that we ended up doing, but we started bands, a lot of bands, uh, and we basically started rehearsing and and doing cover songs, the same cover songs that everyone does, like Louie Louie and and Bordon and stuff like that. Uh, and the easy part of Iron Man, Evo <laughs> Mongoloid, and stuff like that. Yeah. So okay, but so, uh, was 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 Turbo Negro in the same? Or are the members, the early members of Turbo Negro, in the same school as well, or was it just, or was it just uh, the inner base? I was in class with Paul Butcher, and we had a band called Fanny Halvita, and he and Turbo was a singer. And, uh, and bass player. 
actually. The bass player. Yeah. I'm sorry. That was a serial bass player. Yeah. Yeah, and, and uh, that was the start. And Paul uh, ended up in Turbo Negro. He took one of uh, the songs from Van Halte, who become became the first uh, uh, Turbo single, Root Zero. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My so riff. We, yeah. So so. Uh, we were all kind of uh, this community. We were all this uh, bunch of kids uh, playing in each other bands. So we were uh, we were playing in a lot of bands at the same time, uh, and uh, it was very like incest. So and and uh, Thomas uh, was playing in uh, all of them, I guess, at some point. But but. Uh, um, yeah, it was a lot of a lot of bands at that time, and, and we were all uh, having the same spirit. This is this is uh, we want to to do something completely something that that that's not played in 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 the clubs or or and of course when you when you start a band with a band name like Anal Babes, yeah, uh, you don't really have any <laughs> any ambitions of <laughs> getting far in like uh, radio. <laughs> or, or anything so we were just doing this for ourselves uh because mm-hmm. we thought it was necessary what I, what, I, what I noticed is, is that uh, during the first like your music which which you can like i'll post the link on the on the, on the facebook on the trooper you can radio facebook page by the way but on that your very home page you can download lots of your songs and if you listen to those songs they are very very similar to the old Turbo Negro songs I, I would say in my humble opinion this old death punk rough in your well in your face in your butt basically style <laughs> very very rough but a certain death punk tune and I asked this question to Happy Tom on that podcast before and he, he wouldn't answer it or couldn't answer it he didn't answer it right so what I'm asking you directly what if you if you think of your music and would you also call it death punk? And if so, or can you just describe it? How how you managed to put this certain type of music out? Is there a certain structure to it? Um, no, it's like an attitude, I think. And um, like we were there at the start, and as it's huge now around the world, is very weird. And I can tell you what death punk is today uh, at all, but I maybe tell you something about the origins. Mm-hmm. If there's one death punk band in the world, it's uh, Brain Bombs from Sweden. Yeah, it's still in existence. So I think if you go to to the Wikipedia and look up death punk, you will see. Turbo- That's a very accurate article. <laughs> You'll see uh, Turbo Negro and you'll see Poison. Yeah, uh, and uh, and. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. much it. Yeah, but 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 the uh, uh, the thing is about music, of <laughs> course, is that this changes. So so uh, I'm not here to to to, to say what best punk is today. I, I think your audience is probably the the, the ones to to define that. But to us, uh, back in uh, the nineties, the it was uh, a lot about the attitude, a lot about the the some specific musical influences. Mm-hmm. And uh, kind of, uh, we don't give a shit attitude. Yeah. So we don't give a shit attitude. Uh, describe the band. I mean, if you see, I've seen pictures and, uh, you know, you just came across on those pictures, correct me, 
your regular guys, not too much makeup, not too much gadgets going on, but just <laughs> dressing down to your very naked self and not giving a single shit. And <laughs> describe what, whatever happened on the stage when the anal babes were playing. Because I, I, I would say it was pretty, pretty rough. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was violent. I mean, uh, we... we... Uh, we wanted we wanted the music to be to be dangerous, and we wanted to be dangerous to go to the Edinburgh concert, and, and it was. Uh, we were attacking the crowds. We were, we were hitting people. We were uh, whipping people with with bull whips. Uh, we we didn't really want people to like us. We didn't really want people to to kind of. Uh, be a, a crowd of sheep that that just were passively looking at something uh, for entertainment. This was meant to be be dangerous, and and it was confrontational, very confrontational. We we actually we were on on tour with the with the Tornado, uh, once at least, uh, and uh, when we kept on, <laughs> uh, we we were signed up to, to play with uh, several other bands and once uh, the the uh, british band cancelled because of the, what they heard about our our like uh, aggressive uh, stage performance uh, we did uh, a concert i think it was in was it in in uh, was it was it austria was it no it was in uh, belgium was it uh, i don't remember but but we were really like being very violent against the, the audience and and we against each other. So I I was standing uh, in total leather gear. Uh, I mean, like a sadomasochist uh, leather from the top down, and 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 uh, and no shirt on, covered in blood, uh, because uh, the <laughs> guitar player basically, yeah. Uh, there it was a lot of. Violence uh, and uh, and and aggression, and I think that's that's it's it's we're not Gigi Ali, but but uh, it uh, we wanted to have that kind of nerve, uh, and and we absolutely managed to get that. Uh, but we wanted to finish our common sponsors. Yeah. <laughs> but how was the reaction in the in a club? Were people fighting back, or were no, it just no, like no, no, fearfully? They, 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 Squeezed they in the corner. Oh yeah, they loved it. They 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 really loved it. And that's the thing is that the uh, when people like the 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 bands playing before us, uh, that just really they, they don't get that kind of response. They don't get that kind of reaction. People are seeing just another punk rock band, and then we come on stage basically uh, naked or in or in like uh, orange uh, or or purple uh, tangas uh, or just bare minimum uh, dress uh, and me dressed up as like this sadomasochist uh, crazy with studs all over the place and we are being very physical and people are okay so the, the, the ones closest to the uh, to, to us in the audience they need to fucking start slam dancing or they, they need to fucking start being as aggressive and the people a bit more back in the audience they were just standing there with their mouth open and, and getting getting a kick they, they hadn't had in years 
Mm. So, so yeah, it was, it was love. All the all the, the uh, it was love. It was, uh, it was astonishment <laughs> and uh -huh. fear and love. Did you at any point did you at any point getting in, tr in trouble with the with the the well the public or the the, the authorities at one point yeah. that the, you had to stop concerts? So were were yeah. anybody? Yeah, you know, yeah, we did. Uh, the, 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 the cops stopped a concert that we played in, uh, in a, a venue in Oslo, where we actually almost ended up in a, in a fight with the cops and getting the audience with us on it. Uh, so I remember that. Yeah. Two civilian cops came into the. <laughs> we played like 10 minutes later than the club was allowed. And two civilian cops came in, and somebody threw a glass of wine in one of their faces, mm -hmm. and they pulled back over. Yeah, we were all ACAB <laughs> trying yeah. to start yeah. the wine. They shut down the PA, but Third Mike was still on, and he was screaming like, "ACAB, <laughs> we can take this package!" <laughs> and uh, and uh, one of the cops came on stage and said, I can charge you with like Octavigli. Uh, yeah, like uh, insertion or uh, yeah, whatever you call it, like uh, like uh, uh, instigation, I think it's called. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, anyway, I was just worried about getting the fuck out because <laughs> I had a lot of amphetamine backstage. <laughs> and when he came out to the street, the street was closed. Just my cops up and down. That operation was, of course, yeah, like, like a hundred, Norwegian like, like hundreds of cops. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah. <laughs> but I got out with my drugs, so it was fine. <laughs> so, um, also referring to to Turbanigo, uh, is uh, in how far is homosexuality part of your game of of the band? You're called anal babe, so part of my question, but it always comes up my mind is why you. Also playing with that homosexual image back then. Uh, for me personally, when I like, was young and I started hanging out in Oslo, I'm from a shit place outside Oslo. I like going to uh, gay bars and stuff because it was like a underground, and the and the people were openly gay at that time. Like uh, mid eighties, there it was really fun, cool people. Uh... It's underground. It it was uh, it was uh, uh, underground, and people were treating us decently for once. Uh, I think uh, we we had a lot of gay clubs when we when we uh, after rehearsals and stuff, and uh, and uh, but uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> But was it part of the of the of the band's image, homosexuality no, and hard music? Not not like uh, like like the Negro. It's uh, uh -huh. all the talking and stuff. And we, we really did like it. It's, it's great. But uh, we didn't have that country. I don't know what we did. Uh, it was just basically insane. We were basically we we played nude several times, completely nude, uh, except me. I'm too. I, I don't have a. A guitar to hide behind, so <laughs> I stuck with my uh, saddle messages. It's like, yeah, it came from a poor mag, yeah, but it's also because uh, uh, when your banner name starts with A, you're first when you start <laughs> uh, going through the records in a record shop, of course, mm -hmm. and uh, also there's uh, 
just being anal, like, uh, yeah. you know. It's, it's anal uh, retentive. It's a yeah. yes. It's a yeah, exactly. uh, not anxiety, but it's it's it, it's it's a it's a psychological psychological exactly. stage of somehow stressed. Yeah, be, in a way. yeah, yeah, yeah. Being anal is to be very particular and being very yeah. So, it's just a horrible name. <laughs> no, but I yeah, liked it, it. I mean, I I was always appealed to when I. Started following Turbo and the name Anal Babes came across. I was like, what is that? Is that a former Turbo Negro band? Is it the form in, in, in my early stages? I didn't know, obviously. Then I, but I was always, uh, you know, back in the when was that? Early 2000s, I found this webpage and all this music. I'm like, fuck, this is Death Punk. This is the origin of Death, Death Punk. It's gotta be. So, um, yeah, I was always uh, appealed by the stuff you were doing and Anal Babes. Was it it's, at, at any point? A problem, your name, were you, um, yeah, oh, yeah, criticized or were you allowed to use that name? You're agreeing, as you say, it's a big problem. My mother didn't uh, like it much. <laughs> Please change your name, yeah. Um, uh, we, we, have, <laughs> we had issues, of course. So, uh, we were touring, I think, uh, we were touring with the uh, Tobin Negro, uh, they were called Steakoff. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, and we were going to play in, in Hamburg. Uh, was it? Yeah, the Reeperbahn in Hamburg. And, and uh, we were blocked from playing because of uh, the, the people that worked there. So all the female or everyone <laughs> working there, they thought Stierkopf must be a, kind of these Nazis. Yes. And the invite must be these kind of anti-feminist uh, dickheads. And uh, I think it was Rune and, uh, and Thomas uh, went to talk to them. And I, I think they, they expected kind of some Dolph Lundgren looking Nazi asshole. Mm. But what they got was, was Thomas and, 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 and Rune. And so they kind of, okay, these guys are actually really cool. So we played in this, and this was an SM bar at the Reeperbahn. And, and, and we, we, when we played there, the, the, the people that were the most skeptical about the name, they were up front uh, dancing and tearing our clothes off uh, and buying us drinks. So uh, that was cool. a religious moment because <laughs> uh, at that concert, uh, the people from Big Balls and the Great White Idiots yeah. uh, showed up. Mm -hmm. uh, so they, they released a punk rock album in 77. And we've done a couple of covers by, by them. And German band, right? Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Big Balls and the Great White Idiots. Mm -hmm. We stole the LP title from them, the Dignity of the Anal Babes at Charlie Peace Balls. That's and of course, the big, big, big Ball Records, which is the record, a record label that we released stuff. Yeah. We stole you two guys, you were on that label, right? They came to the yeah. concert, and then in that bar, they had this tradition, or maybe in Hamburg, if they like the band, they come with a like, uh, shots when you're on stage, yeah, mm -hmm. and uh, it was a beautiful night, <laughs> cool. So, yeah. you were mentioning those guys, yeah. So, you were mentioning those two albums that the dignity of the anal babes is unappreciable, and the first one, the, the uh, delirium or diarrhea in 1995. Yeah. So, talk about your albums, um, uh, just the basic structure. When at what point did you decide to do an album? Uh, the, the the exact minute that we thought we had enough material. <laughs> I think. Okay. Yeah. So so uh, the, the release singles. Uh, the exact minute that we had the songs. Uh, 
uh, and uh, the same with the album. Uh, when we had re- rehearsed a lot of stuff, uh, we, we, we wanted to fucking get it out. Uh, this was kind of, kind of part of it. We, we, we wanted people, we, we felt that people needed to listen to this. Mm. Uh, to, to get it out there. I uh, know, it's, it's evil. Uh, people shouldn't, nobody should listen to this. But, uh, we felt that, uh, that, uh, they, um, so, so, yeah. Uh, How was the, the moment, response? Did many people buy it? Do so you still we, remember that? We only printed like 500, uh, so we had printed those pretty easy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they, they were sold out very fast. Uh, again, because we, we, we released it and really like 500 copies and stuff like that. So uh, we created the kind the of... The first sales being, we printed 500 first and then 300. And In then 2002, second. right? You re-released it again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, the uh, second one was like uh, also David Goodick, Pernpe, he he ran the record label. He made shit happen. Mm. And uh, the second OP, Delirium of Diarrhea, uh, it was like he released it on vinyl, and uh, a company called Voices of Wonder released it on CD. Mm. I, do, I have no idea how many. Yeah, and, and then, that's on Spotify. And, uh, that's the only thing that's on Spotify, uh, and uh, uh, that's uh, so that that the second LP is probably the one that that had some attention. And that uh, uh, it was released on vinyl, it was re-released on CD, and then it was uh, was released uh, digitally uh, through different uh, yeah. record stores, and then finally on Spotify. So the good thing is that you you are very open with your music. So people, if I mean, of course you can collect it. And I, honestly, I've not looked it up on the, on this cards or anything. But it is, I, I would think it's it's it fetches a good price <laughs> nowadays. Uh, some seventeen it's years later, it's important to get the, the message out because uh, so uh, when you contact me with, uh, to have this interview. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were on the final stages of of, uh, of uh, re-releasing everything we ever done. So it's been uh, been uh, remastered uh, brilliantly, uh, remastered, and uh, we have uh, we are now releasing these kind of uh, uh, box uh, one hundred copies uh, with everything uh, on, on on vinyl, on, uh, on colored vinyl, with a with a like. Uh, yeah. That's great news. Is it is it, is it uh, sold out already? Yeah, it's sold, it's sold out in one or two days. Uh-huh. So so uh, this is probably going to be released, re-released uh, as some less kind of uh, record collector uh, oriented less thing. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I hope so, and, 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 and I really hope that we could uh, could uh, release more of it because uh, <laughs> it would be great if people. Uh, Got a chance to listen to it because uh, it, it's been so so hard to get by because of uh, our uh, our own uh, decisions back in the days of just releasing very very few copies. So yeah. it might be be easier to get get hold of something uh, in the coming months. So okay, so I understand you you made a, make you made a really cool fancy box released uh, or had one hundred copies of it, but you are open to re-release it to have it really available for people who want to listen to the whole thing but not as record collectors but more 
music fans and Elevate and death death punk fans. Yeah, so they maybe, but uh, it's a uh, high right? industries released it, and I expect now it will end it. Uh, it will end up on YouTube or something. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, but that's all cool. If 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 it's not for money only, and if you feel mm -hmm. free to sh share it, you know. It, it never was. I mean, if yeah. it, if you were in this for the money, we would never have called ourselves the Animal Babes in the first place. It, it's kind of shooting yourself in the foot if you want to make money out of new music. So, uh, yeah. You know, I never, saw never, made, never saw any money from anything. <laughs> it's, it's just cost us a lot yes. of money. This is, this is, and this is all of my, 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 my last question for the, for the interview. What, is, what, what, what happened to your lives after the Animal Babes? Mm. Uh, regular journey for a while. And 20 years ago, I went to rehab and uh, I got uh, nowadays. Uh, I don't know. I, I make music on my computer, I play in Turbo Necro, which is fucking great. And I don't know, yeah, but okay, so you stayed in music. So uh yeah i'm back in music now <laughs> after being right. a, 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 after being a, a hair, a hair. i've been out of the loop because of drugs and depression for a while but uh, i'm back cool and you turn uh i'm 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 i'm, I'm, I'm chosen the the guy of the the, the Basically, easy way. Uh, I, I'm I'm working very corporate, <laughs> so I made a, a laugh of myself. I have, I have kids and then uh, yeah. suburban life. So uh, do they ever know? Do they know about the anal webs? Your kids, or will they know about it at one point? Well, something is that just the other day, uh, after Corona starts now to, to kind of uh, loosen up a bit, and we were getting vaccinated here in, in Norway. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I I pulled out. Uh, I have a tiki bar uh, that I, I pulled out uh, on my pouch uh, and and started to, to to kind of get ready uh, with my son uh, who's uh, seventeen uh, and uh, and my neighbor that I haven't been speaking to at all because I I just moved to this area comes uh, and say yeah uh, tiki bar cool drinks anytime soon and uh, and then he, he, he sees my t-shirt and uh, that's like an uh, antifa t-shirt <laughs> and, mm -hmm. and he yeah cool t-shirt then we start, start talking and he's played in a band and i say yeah i played in the band and he says what band is that oh that's uh, that's uh in the babes and he, he's like whoa really do you play in the babes i was i'm a great fan and this is this is something that's really blows my mind these days that uh, that uh, I, I come across people Mm -hmm. uh, that that uh, was never part of this kind of closed loop that we had uh, back in the nineties, but a lot of people have been exposed to this music, and it's and they 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 stop me kind of uh, on concerts or uh, and and they say your music really meant a lot to us. We were stuck in our small shitty towns, but we listened to your music and it made That's a nice. fucking difference. I have a 15 year old son. He doesn't give a shit. <laughs> but he will really eventually. My mind is you guys, like Tumbojugen and Turbo Eagle, how huge it became from that. Uh, yeah, it's it's a great, it's great thing. Yeah. Like rock and roll. One, one, one last question uh, uh, because this is this is a burning question of like the, the audience probably also wants to wants to know will you ever play live as the anal babes <laughs> 
Oh yeah. Yeah, as soon as this corona lockdown <laughs> is over and people can go crazy in front of the stage, we'll do a couple of gigs. We, we, we will there is no way. So, so uh, what we have looked into is to do a, a tour of Oslo, <laughs> mm-hmm. where we where we will play for all the the the, the, the venues yes. that have been uh, that we love and that have been really really uh, hit hard by the coronavirus and, and um, because of the lockdowns and, and play there basically for free, I think. And uh, just to, and also that will be something we can do uh, to to get some exposure on on the the, the box that they're releasing, and then we take it from there. If if it's uh, successful and they like playing together, then we haven't done that for a while. So uh, who knows? Well, that's a cool thing. I mean, let just let me know uh, as the the time for the for the podcast is, is is coming to an end. Just let me know, and I'll spread the news in the trooper Uganda and. Maybe I, uh, if you guys are open to play abroad in a in a city where you, you've you've mentioned in 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 the conversation in Hamburg, I'll happy to to get you connected to the guys, and I would love to 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 see you. Let's have an idea, of maybe possible play at the belt to be you can take it. So, thank you so much, Shirt. Thank you so much, Abdullah, for your time. There. Thank you so much for educating the audience. I hope um, to hear from you guys soon. And Thank I you. really, really hope to see you in person, possibly on stage. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much That's for having us. Yeah. Looking forward to seeing you. Thank you. Bye bye, guys. Thank you very much. Bye. 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 So this has been Tubigant Radio episode number 80, a very special episode that takes you into history of uh, not only Trubo Negro, because they did split a single with the Anal Babes in back in 1995 with this uh, split single, Flabby Sagging Flesh and Death Time. Um, so this uh, took you uh, in part into a history not only of the band Trubo Negro, but also uh, into the history of death punk, uh, which we all dearly love. And sometimes to be quite honest, miss when you look at the current, uh, um, uh, Negro records, at least I, I do miss this certain death punk, uh, touch and, uh, not by coincidence, uh, finishing up this podcast, I would like to give to you, uh, the anal babes, um, themselves um i wouldn't want to put anything else onto the in-depth uh interview of uh with the anal babes from norway so i am proudly presenting you um off their album the dignity of the anal babes is unimpeachable out of uh, 1992 as we learned the song that goes by the name of fuck stock and it is actually the first song off the album, good luck digging that record up um, on Discogs or somewhere on the cyberspace. Um, nevertheless, you can, if you feel like listening uh, to the uh, Anal Babes and uh, maybe if you're not into collecting records, you can get this off their Bandcamp site. I will post this uh, below the um, can Radio Facebook uh, group text so you'll have it. Um, but I don't want to waste your time anymore. Sit back, enjoy Death Punk at its purest, 
enjoy the song Fuckstock, or in English, Fuckstock by the Angle Babes. 